0: So today on the Focus on Why podcast, I am joined by Tej Singh. Tej, welcome.
1: Thank you. I'm I'm happy to be here.
0: So Tej is a podcaster. He has his own podcast called Tej Talks. That's Tej with a J, not with a D. There we are. And he is a branding extraordinaire. No, he is a branding expert extraordinaire. Everybody who knows Ted knows that he is big into branding. He knows that yellow and black are the most contrasting colors that you can get out there, which will make you stand out even more. He's figured that out and he's leveraged it to the maximum. But he's also a property investor. And what else do you do, Ted?
1: You know what? Not much else, really. You know, I think if you interviewed me three years ago, I probably had a bigger list of different things. But other than that, like, not much. I mean, I'm trying to have a life at the same time but that is not really a big priority at the moment. So yeah, just just those two for now.
0: Hold on a minute. What on earth do you mean trying to have a life, but that's not really a big priority at the moment? What do you mean?
1: It means that I work a lot because I can, because I live at home and because I see my partner like on the weekends, it means that, you know, five days a week, I can use this time before we move in together, before, you know, real life starts, I can use this time to just go crazy on the business because I know later on there's going to be responsibilities, puppies, kittens, pets, dogs, tortoises, tortoises, whatever to hold me you know so I'm kind of just focusing on work right now but I love it.
0: So hold on a minute you just said when real life starts what is this that you're doing now then?
1: I think this is like this is real life 1.0 you know when you have uh, what's the word dependent, whether they be animals or humankind that's when I think 2.0 starts you know and then when they grow up and they leave and they can be self-sufficient, then maybe you kind of revert back to 1.0, you know, like the bell curve.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Just, okay. just a philosophy that I just thought of. Now you've questioned it.
0: <laughs> so, so you've got it all planned out or you have just planned it out in the last five seconds.
1: Exactly. But this is a life-changing podcast, clearly.
0: <laughs> so tell us what it is that you do then in your, the, in your two fields.
1: Uh, so I, I'm a property investor, so I buy properties, I follow the BRR strategy, which for anyone who doesn't know about property, essentially you buy a house, you do a refurb on it, you then slap a mortgage on it and you pull lots of money out, happy days, uh, except it's very, very challenging and it doesn't ever go to plan, but it goes to you know plan B or plan C and that's fine because it works. Uh, and I've been doing that for nine months full time and I spent about six months before that trying... Sort of, you know, thinking I was doing viewings, thinking I was active. But what I was really doing was networking, you know, buying people coffees, Nando's, picking their brains, building a brand, networking and and well, and well, podcasting to then allow me to then have such a quick um, nine months. So in the last nine months, I've bought 15 properties, portfolio has gone from zero to 1.3 million. But it only happened in nine months because I spent six months before, you know, trying to to do stuff which is important to note you know it sounds great but there's more to it and the other half I guess is the podcasting branding public speaking thing so I do a lot of public speaking now I guess speaking to my computer and and hoping that you know the people are are listening Um, but before that was a lot of physical activity in terms of like speaking at property events uh, and some non-property events mainly on branding so as much as I've done this stuff in property. I think branding is something that property investors and actually a lot of businesses don't take very seriously uh, and nor do they want to. It a bit annoying, but I talk about that. I also teach people like how to brand themselves in, in any business and how to brand a business as well. Um, but the podcast really is just to show people anyone can do this. Um, Everyone can and sort of is doing it. And it's just to give like, real relatable people like us, a kind of a platform to say, look, I'm doing this, but I'm not a celebrity, but I'm still doing it pretty well. So that's what I do and how I do it.
0: And with the podcast, I mean you, you started out with the clear intention that you wanted to use it as an arm to build your network and and build contacts within the industry, but very quickly you realized that people needed your voice.
1: Interesting. I think I think I've realized that people need someone and not the only one who does this, who talks realistically and candidly and negatively, you know, really about how challenging and difficult it is. So I think at the start, I didn't do much competitor analysis, which it's neither here nor there. It's not necessarily a business. So it was kind of okay. But I think I've realized that there are a lot of property podcasts and to be fair, quite a few do talk fairly realistically, the majority don't and a lot of them are the beginning of a funnel to sell a course and fine sell your courses if you help people that's great if you don't then you're like the majority um but i yeah i have sort of realized that oh am i like one of the few people who's actually like, like having a go at my kitchen supplier or is annoyed at this but i'm actually sharing it and i'm actually saying look like this deal went way over budget like hey everyone look this is me like i'm a human so Yeah, I guess I have discovered I'd never thought about needing, but I've at least thought that they strongly, uh, now that they've heard it, they strongly uh, enjoy hearing the reality, but there's obviously plenty who don't like hearing it because it then may do two things. It may then make them reconsider even doing property because they're like, yo, this stuff is a lot harder than, you know, the courses teach or it may crush people who don't have the grit or resilience to do it because they're like, Oh, I thought I could do this, but actually it's really hard when it is, but it's not, and it it can be made easier and more efficient, but like anything worth having in life, it is challenging.
0: I think one of the recent podcasts I listened to Ted was the one you did with Richard Little for Ted's talks. And my goodness, if you were thinking of doing development and you listened to that podcast, The idea of doing development was blown out of the water as an option because Richard's candid approach and you need that to have that reality because you don't want to just see the glossy version. Because as as far as I know in property, I have seen plenty of things go wrong and you need to be aware of the things that could go wrong. And in my other podcast, the Property Vault podcast, Dan and I talked about that a lot. It's really important to share the honest, brutal truth of what property can do and how it can be so expensive very quickly when you go wrong.
1: Yeah, I agree. And, and that podcast was kind of specifically done because so many people say to me, oh, "I want to get into development first. I want to do big deals." Bit, and I'm like, "Okay, let me show you why you maybe shouldn't be so brash." And he was the man for it. So yeah, definitely,
0: hundred percent. So. This is what you're doing now podcasting and property investing using the BRR strategy, as you said, which is brilliant and it's quite simple, but actually very effective. So, looking at the, the baby buy to essentially, and you've got your brilliant area that's working for you. What was it you were doing before, Tej?
1: So, just before I had a recruitment business for about three and a half years, it was just me in the business. I did try and hire someone once, but I didn't like recruiters. So I was like, please, more of me. Like, no, it's not good. It's not good. Um, Did that for three and a half years. And I also contracted for the last six months, like with a company, just because I missed humans and banter and office and traveling. And I didn't enjoy it either. So I was like, well, if I'm going to make money, might as well do it, having some fun, not sitting at home. So yeah, I had a recruitment business for, for three and a half years.
0: And then prior to that, what were you doing?
1: I was working in medical education, which is kind of like advertising in PR, but direct to doctors and nurses. So a lot more medical, you'd think, and, and accurate, you'd think, than you know what you see on the side of a bus saying, take these tablets, they work quicker than the 40p alternatives when they don't. It's more like to doctors and nurses, educating them. Um, in reality, it's just selling them drugs, using data that's a little bit bullshit, which is why I left but that's what I was doing before um, because I had a degree in biochemistry I couldn't work in a lab pipetting all day like respect a scientist because they are changing and saving the world couldn't do it I wanted to kind of I guess combine with a bit of creativity and yeah that's what I was doing before that I had that job for or worked in that industry for like I don't know eight months and then got fired so it didn't obviously last very long.
0: So were you actually um ever born to be work- a workaholic in terms of for other people or do you think you're always born to be an entrepreneur I think
1: I think I was always born to be an entrepreneur I mean because my dad's self-employed so he kind of is but he's not like a sort of like like we would be in property like going for it he's not he's more of a chilled like I'd, I'd say he's self-employed not an entrepreneur I know this is sort of same thing yeah. but it's a difference my mom's a head teacher she's very driven but again not self-employed no interest in it so and my friends growing up and the things I used to watch and I mean I you know I can't really tell where it came from I think maybe it was like a sort of a bit of a rebellion to being like hold on why am I working nine to five and I get paid nine to five but then why am I working from five to 6 and not getting paid and actually that kept happening and I kept asking so we get paid or you know and it was like, no, of course not. You know, we love what we do. So we stay here. And I was like, I don't. So, you know, I think that that, as tiny as that is, like it wasn't like, oh, I had a bad boss and it was nothing. I just saw the boss kind of traipsing in at midday and leaving whenever and just schmoozing clients. And I was like, I could do that. Like just because he's 60 and he's worked 40 years and he's earning not really that much really if you compare it to how long it's taken and his age. I was like, why do I have to wait until someone tells me I'm the managing director? Because hmm. what? So I just got tired of that. So was I born, or did it happen as a rebellion? Mm, actually, maybe it happened as a rebellion.
0: Hmm. And why biochemistry? What what led you into that field?
1: So before that my a level well for my a levels i did psychology biology chemistry and media studies media was to try and get an easy a which was achieved so happy days you know mission accomplished <laughs> so i could focus on the sciences but you know it was it was good fun i definitely learned something i think before that my gcses i really enjoyed bio did we split it i think we did biology chemistry and physics split really liked chemistry really liked biology got to a level did them separately and then again really liked them and actually, the part that I liked about them was the, the, the intersection, you know, because like biochemistry isn't certain things and it is certain things, but I actually loved what it was and what it didn't contain. I didn't like. So I was like, well, this is great. And I thought, right, if I'm going to work in science, I need a degree in biochemistry. But I also knew, I guess, from research that if I wanted a job in banking or just anything, they would look upon a science degree quite favorably and say, well, analytical science is hard. He has a certain mind, you know, he can get a job. So I guess it was being a bit like sort of broad and knowing I'm a bit fickle or used to be more so and saying, yeah, well, if I do this, it opens up five doors as opposed to just one with a, a degree in something else.
0: So you then went on to the jobs you just described and you talk about rebellion. So rebellion in what sense?
1: So I think rebellion against the accepted norm, like where I used to work, and actually thinking about it now, I just want to—it makes me want to sigh. This whole mentality, and I think I think most jobs have it. I've only ever had like two jobs, like yeah, two or three jobs. So I don't know, but it was just that thing of like, okay, we're contracted till a certain time, like, and people weren't. Okay, people were kind of frowning upon it if I left at five, not six. And when I got into the office, I was the last one in, but I was on time okay i say on time i have probably never been on time to work like genuinely i and again that's you know i'll start when i want to start i don't give a shit that you say it's 9 a.m like monday mornings i mean i mean today was different Today was really good but normally i start at like 10 or 11 i'm just like chilling and i think that was the first thing i was although i was on time i was still the last one in and i was like And they were all looking comfortable with their cereal on the table and their drink. And I was like, y'all have been here for a while. Um, And then I kind of got hints that, oh, you know, you should come in earlier and leave later. And I was like, but you ain't paying me, bruh. Why? (laughs) Why why would I do that? Like, I get that we enjoy the job and we're passionate, but I'm not working for for fun, I'm. you know, you're, you're working for an income really. I mean, if I was working for fun, I'd go cuddle tigers in a zoo or something or in like a wildlife sanctuary in Africa. I wouldn't be, you know, in Richmond, like coming in some office. So it was a rebellion against what everyone in the office accepted as the norm. But also we used to work with pharmaceutical companies and we basically did the job that the incompetent people that were hired in the company were paid to do. They sort of agencyed it out. But everyone in the office, and I worked at two companies like this, used to worship the client, like as if you know, just be. Like, oh no, we can't say certain things. Oh no, Ted can't talk on this call; he's too junior. Or oh, go on, then Ted, if you cover this one point, that'll give you some good comp. And I was just like, okay, it was just such a worshipping of idiots. And I was like, hold on, do you all realise that they're using us because we're good, and we're making them look good? And they're actually not very good at their jobs. And I can tell this as a newbie in this industry. So it was all these little things. And I was like, nah, nah, this doesn't make sense. I'm not having a company when I found one that's like this. And I can't be in that kind of culture. But again, I didn't know any different. you know. I, it's, not like I, it's not like Netflix was out or written the culture code then, or like I knew what Monzo was like to work it. I, I, I just sort of thought, nah, this can't be normal. I don't know where from though.
0: That's really interesting. So you you saw that it was totally misaligned with your values and you just knew you had to get out.
1: Yeah, I guess I guess I had the values from somewhere. Maybe it was either stupidity or bravery or confidence or all three. That I was like, well, if if you know Mr. Managing Director can do it, if Miss Account Director can do it, I can do it. Like, why am I making pennies when they're making pounds? And I'm the one actually generating those pounds. So yeah, I guess it was a lot of logic. It was just me being as logical as I always am, being like, "Nah, this does not compute. I'm, I'm out." Not that I chose to be out, but it was it was a, it was a, a a grateful release.
0: So, why property?
1: So, I used to watch Grand Designs and Amazing Spaces and any even the gardening stuff. Anything that you can just create something beautiful from something ugly or average or normal. I've always liked that part of a startup, the branding design, the, the creating the name, the creating the website, anything that's creative, that aspect is my strength. And then I used to lose interest and be like, oh, but actually in property, I'm actually loving, make, you know, keeping the business and growing it. And I thought I wouldn't, I thought I'd be like, yeah, I created, now we're bored. So for me, it was just why property is to create something but also create something that is an asset that has value and that will be as passive as possible. So I could go and create a product or a car or, you know, clothes or something, but they're not generating that passivity and that sort of asset backed or asset generated wealth. So it was about that, but that's not, that's why I chose property, I guess, in particular, but the real why of property is because I love designing you know, if I've just sent off orders for four kitchens, this is the most fun I will have this month. <laughs> like everything else is sort of normal. But the second I get a house, I'm like, mm, what kitchen are we putting in here, what handles, what tap? So I love that design element. And I also love hearing what tenants think. Now rentals, they probably don't comment as much, but at least on flips, I love when people say, wow, this is a Navy kitchen with like, what? Like this is unheard of, herringbone, pa- like." I love that, but also on I guess on the topic of creating things, seeing that my market is magnolia, and you know nothing ageist here, but very old and old school landlords. The fact that I can come in and create a different product, product, and something that will have an impact—not legacy—I'm not like overly fussed about that yet. Um, maybe because of lack of understanding, but more of an impact in an area, um, and I yeah I love interior design. Um, you know, there's, there's why's like traveling and, you know, launching other businesses in the future. But maybe that's not a why. Maybe that's more of a because of it, I'll be able to. Um, at the core of it, it's being able to create something, asset wealth. And I just love design. If I can design something or someone else and it's their home, I don't know it's a pretty good it's a pretty good feeling.
0: And you enjoy it?
1: I love it. And actually, when I started, I wasn't sure I would. I was like oh Ted are you gonna do this and get bored of it like you always do with everything and I was like yeah probably I am and then I'm not and I didn't and I kind of realized this a few months ago I was like oh we've been in this for for nine months now Ted you're doing good like this is a while like I know I was in my recruiting business for a while but you know I didn't enjoy it golden handcuffs this time I was like you're actually enjoying this even when it's hard even when you know you're actually smiling and always sort of mainly positive and happy. So yeah, I'm really enjoying it.
0: And why is it important for you to be enjoying it?
1: Hmm. I think twofold. If I'm not enjoying it, then the quality and designs that I produce of my product, a.k.a. houses is not going to be high and it's not going to stand out because I'll be like, yeah, um, can I have your plain gloss white kitchen with the chrome handles and the the cheap black slate worktop, please. Uh, Metro tiles, white grout. Yeah, thanks. And it'll look like every single deal source's deal on uh, Facebook. I'm joking. It will look like a lot. It'll look boring as hell. That's not gonna. That's not gonna get you into my house and be like, wow, look like I love this. This is this is the dream house. and make that decision. So for me, it's like how it, it, my output is. And for everyone is controlled by my input and if my input's not passionate and doesn't love it <clears throat> then it's not going to be loved on the on the output of it secondly i think life's too short to not enjoy what you're doing you know like, even if it made less money even if it did this that blah 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 as long as i'm enjoying it and it's it's a good thing as not it? it's not like you know because you could be a, a narco trafficker and you could love it it's not the same thing you know as long as i enjoy it and it's a good sort of cause and it's moral and it's above board and all that stuff i i think it just for our own sanity or levels of sanity that we have and our own like contentment with life i think you have to enjoy what you're doing to an extent you know golden handcuffs making lots of money but not enjoying it can last and it can last years and years and you know, you can still be fairly okay with it but when you really think about it, you know, are are we put here by the stork or the gods or whoever to not enjoy life, That's what I think.
0: And what's changed since you started in property for you?
1: In terms of the business or in terms of me as a person?
0: In whatever way you want to answer that question.
1: Oh, I have become even more stoic than I was when I first started, because you have to be. I have really, I think, you know, in recruitment, because I didn't enjoy it, my personality didn't come through. I wasn't networking. I wasn't as sort of, I don't know, bubbly, you might say, as I am now. And when I got into property, that really came through because, as you know, everyone's so friendly, everyone's so engaging. It's a great positive community. Yeah, there's the odd haters and, like, weird people, but, you know, that's life. So I think I've become more stoic. I've also become more of myself you know, more of who I, I believe I am. I have probably learned a lot more patience. Like I used to be so impatient and I, I am what you could call. And Gary Vee says this, I'm like, you have micro impatience and macro patience. So in the bigger picture, I'm patient for the houses, the cash flow, the, the everything, the rewards that will come from it. And I know it's happening and I'm cool because it takes time. But day-to-day, day, if you're my solicitor and you're slacking, you're going to know about it. You know, if you're my builder and I'm not happy with the progress, you're going to know about it because I'm micro-impatient. But it's controlled. Like I'm not necessarily actually impatient. I'm just creating it to get stuff done. So that has been big because I, like, I used to get so annoyed at myself about my impatience. So that's changed a lot. Uh, I mean, I'm, I network a lot, but I still do like being alone and being at home alone literally by myself like I still like that uh what else I mean I think I've changed as a person the business naturally has evolved and adapted and shifted to where it needs to um my why has that changed not really I mean I may have added and taken away and been like oh maybe I don't want to do that maybe I want to do this but I as a person have totally evolved from like day one in property.
0: And you mentioned that you got into property for the passive income that it would produce. How passive have you found it?
1: Very. So because I have buy-to-lets, I mean, I self-manage. There's nothing to really manage. If there's a problem with like the, the house physically, that's my fault. I didn't refurb it right. Like, why should there be a problem if we've checked everything and we've refurbed it right? Like, yes, things can happen, you know, like I get that. But generally it will be my own fault from the first place. So I, you know, and so what I do is now maybe begrudgingly sometimes I spend more on refurb because I'm like, no, hold on. I like, I say to the builder, look, you need to check everything. Tell me what we need to do additionally to make sure this is damp proof and everything proof. And like, let's make, this is a 10, 20, 50 year investment. Let's, let's make it so. And so it's just about working out, you know, with the builder to make it cheap, but also uh, proof to many things. So I mean, even during coronavirus, it's still been passive. I've had to like just issue a new AST for like the same tenant, and then I've had to do a rollover and like do some texting to kind of say, look, you know, how things going? Do you know what support you can get? What's what we saying with the rent? And even then, I'm sitting right here. while I'm on my bed. I'm using my phone, and my house is 200 miles away, and I'm getting rent paid, and there's no issues. Uh, and if there was an issue, get that phone. I text my tradesman say. Boss, when you're going around, or the builder who did it originally, they fix it, I get invoiced, or it's free, um, or I send a friend round, or I text someone, hey, do you know a locksmith? Yep, got the number in 10 minutes, they can get down there in, in a half an hour. So because of my network, it is it is as passive as you can get. And when I like if all my houses so when all my houses come out of refurb in the next few months and they get they get tenanted and there'll be uh 12 that are going to be tenanted, some of flips, I know that it's minimal I'm building a virtual assistant lettings function but even if I did it myself it's just going to be like thanks for the rent rent received I know it's going to be basically that really
0: and why is it important for you to have this freedom and this flexibility of working
1: I think because I have a few business ideas restaurant garage um, maybe like a product kind of service and what I want is well firstly it's important because some days some days i just want to wake up get a bowl of ricotta get a spoon and just play xbox and just be like no i'm cool i don't really feel like it no i'm good i'm good we're just gonna stay here for the day and then get back to normal the next day you know i want the freedom to be able to do stuff like that or to say you know what let's go to italy for a few weeks should we just go should we yeah Should should we drive there? road trip yeah done so it's just the freedom of being like what should we do next but then also it's the freedom that i guess that cash flow creates also creates space and that space for creativity and that space for opening like a restaurant that will like have people working for it who maybe are like maybe homeless people maybe people who are in need of help like a kind of social enterprise which means i don't have to profit from it and it means i can focus on the people and the ingredients and making it what i want and not have the pressure of this is a business edge i can have it as this is a, this is a freaking adventure that's going to do what you want to do. And if it makes money, heck, great. If it breaks even great. You know, like that's cool because I have everything else to back it. I mean, look, everything else, everything will be profitable, but it gives breathing space. And it also means I can start businesses. I can outsource things. I can fail more because I've got this kind of backing. Um, so yeah, it's kind of both freedom of exploration and then freedom of well, physical exploration.
0: And do you think that if you hadn't got into property, you probably wouldn't have had the mindset that you've got because of the people that you've networked with?
1: If I stayed in recruitment, yeah, I wouldn't. I just, I don't know what would happen to me if I stayed in recruitment. I'm a very different person. I I wouldn't, full stop. Let's say I got into another business. I think I would have developed the same, well, not the same, but a similar level of thinking or a similar mindset. Of course, property has developed it in a certain way. But yeah, I think irrespective from having my own business, it would have continued to develop and grow me as a person in whichever route um, that it took.
0: And I've heard a word that you've used throughout the podcast, which is creativity. How important is being creative to you?
1: It's something I've only realized recently when, you know, when I was creating all like the TED Talks, you know, the yellow stuff, the brand design, like the website, I do everything for it. And then recently someone said to me, you know, why don't you outsource it? Or they were like, oh, I've really got to outsource. My branding It's taking so much time. And then I want to focus more on the property. And I was like, huh, I've actually done more branding, more editing, more creative stuff. And I've actually outsourced my property business kind of without realizing. But what that means to me is that's what naturally I'm doing, which means that's what I should be doing. So my property, like I said, I say to people, look, if I don't have to do another viewing again, happy days. But you want to give me two hours of video content to edit for my chat? I'll do it. So I'm kind of like doing the opposite of most people. I'm like, yeah, I'll yeah, yeah, source property. You know, I'm still very much involved. I'm still the the CEO of, the, of, you know, what's happening of my life, but I'm, you know, wanting to spend more time on the, on the creative stuff. So it is important to me. Uh, but I've only realized like, yeah, in the past like six months that I am a creative person because before that I was like, I'm a scientist, you know, I transactional analyze cause I'm, I am very analytical of people, of deals, of stuff. But then I'm also creative. And I guess when I was sort of a bit younger, I thought, how can you be both? You know, because like they're very opposite, you could say. And even now I'm like, you know, I need to do like a wealth dynamics test or something. But I don't know where I would be because I do things that are kind of the opposite.
0: Yeah, I think you might be one of those rare people that actually form a perfect square around all of them i think you've got very strong elements to all of them and they're quite rare when you've got all of those equal but it'd be interesting for you to do that test i mean you're definitely where you like being is in the top left quadrant which is the creator side and it's actually middle the left is the mechanic and and the creator so you know you things that you want to improve and then things that you want to create. And that's where the sort of the Elon Musk's area are and, and want to make it better. But if you're saying you also like the data and, and things like that, that's great. That's all the left-hand side. Over on the right-hand side, which is, you know, the star and the silver and the, the deal maker, where you're connecting with people because you have to, this way I think you've got pretty much the whole square but it'd be interesting for you to do that test
1: it will yeah i think it's like 90 quid so i've just been like oh can someone give me a free like link to this test please i've been (laughs) i've been holding off i'm like oh it's a personality test it should be free so one day um after coronavirus and i've got more cash flow i will do it
0: fair enough and also you don't really need anyone else to tell you who you are you you, you've kind of figured it out right
1: yeah it's fun to i I love doing personality tests there's one on 16 personalities.com it's great fun but yeah i agree
0: so what's next for tej oh
1: and um, continuing as as normal i mean i'm i'm trying to buy three properties a month that's been zero for the past two for obvious reasons and and it, it you know i'm not really bothered about that because i'm i'm kind of playing it safe i hope it can continue at, at kind of three a month i was up to like sort of two for the first like few months uh so i want to continue doing that essentially build my cash flow up, do a few more flips because basically I like spending money on refurbs and with rentals, I'm just like, yeah, okay, this kitchen, this worktop, yeah. But with flips, I'm like, okay, I can spend a little bit more money because it will make a big, big difference. So yeah, to keep doing some of that, uh, to keep networking, keep helping people, keep doing podcasts like yours, keep putting my own out there and just really, I guess like keep seeing people message me that say hey Ted you know I got in property because of you or like oh that post you you know you did it actually stopped me from buying this deal because I realized something in the legal pack or just to kind of hear from people who are benefiting even if it's not property even if it's like the mindset I talk about or the attitude or, or the reality just to know that oh this is making an impact like it's pretty cool like I don't really internalize it if someone messaged me I'm like oh thanks so much but it doesn't really go in. It's, it's weird. Maybe it's like an anti-compliment thing. But I'm just like, oh, cool. But it is nice to know that the effort and the cost is, is paying off in some, you know, for someone somewhere in the world.
0: And why is that?
1: Ooh, good question. I think because this is a good oh, this is you got me thinking now. Uh I think because. Uh, the first the first thing that came to my mind when you said that was when I started I didn't have access to this level of free education that I believe that I provide so the first thing is giving people what I didn't have which is such a common cliche right all these billionaires oh yeah I was broke when I was a kid now I'm giving money out to everyone standard kind of human ego whatever it is that's probably the first thing just to be like look take this resource but also I've realized it's quite a a nice way to connect and warm up the conversation so if you walk in a room and people know who you are they recognize you and you don't have to talk about all the weather and all this small talk rubbish it just means the connection's a bit deeper And i guess i like connecting with people and if this makes that smoother and easier then you know for me it's quite a quite a useful thing uh so yeah i guess it's if that is, is a deep enough sort of answer it's giving people what I didn't have then also allowing me to connect with people a lot easier it's I guess kind of a point about efficiency maybe that's how I see it quite logically in my head but I'm sure there's a reason I can't unlock that is more emotional
0: well no I think I think you've you've struck a chord there because you've you've balanced it again where you've got your science background but then you've also got your need for nurturing and connection which is what all humans need we all need that Mm. so no you you again you you are split down the middle so (laughs) it's interesting Uh, you mentioned earlier and I just want to pick up on it because I didn't want to let it go um why do you want to go and have fun with tigers
1: um it's nothing to do with that idiot on Lion King or whatever this weird American (laughs) or or should I say normal American um, because. When I'm older, like quite well, depends before humans kill all animals, but by the time I get to a certain age, I want to open up like a wildlife sanctuary. And again, that is just not going to make money. Like it's just not, it's going to be more of a charity thing. And so I guess my kind of point was you know, if I was not getting paid, like when I was employed, if someone said to me, Tej, you're not getting paid for work, what are you working as? I would say, uh, you know, I'd be in a safari park in South Africa. I'd be you know looking after monkeys in a sanctuary I'd be doing something with cuddly animals I mean okay tigers are not cuddly Um, but I'd be doing something with animals because I love animals I'm not a vegan or vegetarian so yes we're going to cause problems now because you love animals but you're not hanging in with some listeners that's fine I don't care but I do love animals and because of that if I wasn't you know in a nine-to-five or if I had to pick one it would be working with them. I think they're also a lot easier than humans to deal with, a lot simpler sometimes.
0: And it's part of your plan of 2.0 to have that menagerie of animals with your tortoise and your do- kittens and your dogs and your cats and everything. That mentioned.
1: menagerie, yes, with my uh my tortoise who's gonna to be called Reginald. I've decided already.
0: Oh, okay, here first.
1: <laughs> exclusive, world exclusive.
0: <laughs> so Tej, what what would you um be doing now if you not made that leap and, and what message would you like to give to people I mean I'm so grateful for you coming on the show and sharing what you have so far and I would love you to sort of just leave a message that you would recommend to people who might be thinking of of that uh, shift from one life to another as you describe it
1: I would say as long as you've planned it to an extent as long as you have enough to sustain you whether that be money whether that be uh, mental health whatever it is as long as you have planned it you have enough to sustain you and you're really passionate about it then absolutely do it there's no point switching from a life of yeah i kind of like this too eh, i kind of like it if you're going to make that switch and that leap and it's a big leap of faith then make sure you're doing it for something that will sustain you through the tough times that you are going to love and that you are going to enjoy because time flies you know Like it will be too late before you realize it to then make another shift. And I, you know, it's never too late necessarily to make a shift, but make, when you make that shift, just do it for something that you love because you know, you may say, Oh, I don't want business to get it, don't want to do. But if you love something and you're passionate about it, you can make a business. You like oven cleaners. You can make, you like collecting stamps. You can make a business. You can do anything with it. You can create a life around something you love. So, don't worry what others think like do what works for you and i'd say a favorite quote that i have that maybe summarizes a kind of i guess how i live my life and what i've learned recently is if it is not true do not say it and if it is not right do not do it And that's by marcus aurelius who is a stoic so i would leave you with with those thoughts there
0: Thank you for listening to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson, and if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave me a five-star iTunes review. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook, and become a member of the inspiring, uplifting, and positive Focus on Why Facebook group. Have a purpose, have a plan, Focus on Why.